I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. So hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Peter Ellison and here uh, it's Dave Cribb. Ahoy! Hoy. How are you? I'm all right, thank you very much. I've just, I'm on the back end, Peter, of what I would describe as a very Joey Thanksgiving pants weekend. Okay, a lot of, uh, lot of snacks. On Saturday afternoon, I ordered some chicken wings and chips from our local okay, chicken yeah. wingery. If that is even the word, probably not. Turns out what happened does, I, I ordered it on a well-known delivery ooh, <laughs> d- uh, platform. Yes. Uh, you know, the deliver kangaroo. Yes, that's the one. Is that what it means? Um, are they, are they their the- logo is a kangaroo, isn't it? Is it? Uh, it must be then, deliver kangaroo. God, I never really thought about that. That's weird, isn't it? Um, and uh, what they did is, this is no beef with them they sent me the wrong order they sent me somebody else's order i think i think it was very much uh, chandler rachel and the cheesecakes incident so what did you receive so i received that first order i messaged them on the delivery and they said oh we're so sorry we'll send you your actual order so on top of my actual order which was a portion of chicken wings loaded fries and a call on the cob i also received Three burgers, three more portions of chicken wings. Oh my goodness! Two portions of loaded fries, one portion of regular fries as well, just just to boot, uh, and a portion of cauliflower wings. So I had all of that food just for just for little old me. So that's basically what I've been eating all weekend. Just every meal has been a different type of chicken wing. Imagine how little the the people who got your order had to share around. I know. I thought that. I mean, either it's a sort of Joey character that ordered it all, but it definitely screamed order of sort of like five people, you know. Hmm. Um. So there you go. So that's that's where I'm at. So if I, if I sound a bit lethargic today, that's why. Yeah, you're right. you're, you're chicken tired. Yeah, I'm very chicken tired. Absolutely. <laughs> Here come the meat sweats, as Joey says. Um. You are you well? Have you eaten substantially for the weekend? Uh, I think I've eaten fairly regularly this weekend, but um. God, aren't weekends dull? <laughs> They're so boring now, aren't they? There's nothing yeah. to do. Yeah, there really is nothing dull. to do, and this only really applies to our sort of UK listeners, doesn't it? Actually, because um, seeing what because we're in hell. Yes, we're in bloody. <laughs> I mean, those of you listening in Australia and New Zealand from your bloody, you're probably just listening in the middle of a club. Yeah, aren't remember you? the pandemic. Remember yeah. that. 
You're listening on a beach or on a boat party or at a pool or something. Yes. Oh, we're recording in our... Or with your mum. Yes. Yeah, yeah, with your family and close loved ones. Even one of my pals in America was at a barbecue yesterday. I mean, they're absolutely shitting it over there, aren't they? They're mm. going... Theirs is going terribly, but they're still all just having nice times, I think. But yeah, there you go. So yeah, UK listeners we we stand with you but weekends are bloody boring aren't they especially when you live alone i think that's the problem isn't it yes absolutely but never mind we, we're not here to moan pete we're no. here to to have fun with friends so whose episode is it this week dave i'd say it didn't immediately click what sort of episode this was would that be fair Yes, it was basically. It's a bit of a clip episode, isn't it? Um, yes, and actually, watching it back though, it's not as much of a clip show as I remember it. Being. No, it's got its own plot. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird episode in lots of ways. Anyway, it turns out, having looked back at the message from Samantha, hi Dave and Pete, I just realised you've still got two clip shows to go. So she actually requested both of them here, and you know how everyone loves the clip shows—the one with Christmas in Tulsa and the one where Chandler gets caught. We have not done both. If these haven't already been nominated, I hope I get to be the person that ruins everyone's day when these apps get talked about. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's all been requested and done tongue-in-cheek. So um, there you go. But we are, we're on the one with Christmas in Tulsa. The f- very final, it turns out, ever Friends Christmas episode. Because season 10 did not have a Christmas episode. Clip episodes, I assume they are done purely for budget reasons. Yeah, I'd, I'd have thought so. I was, I was one, There's a strange one with this. And let's, get, let's, let, let's throw ourselves straight into it, shall we? What an odd episode to book quite a high-profile guest star for. They must have gone into this episode with the, the intention to do like a proper plot. Mm. And then they sort of done half an episode and then stuck some old bits in. They? I wonder if Selma Blair just wasn't as available as they initially thought. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe. they were like, well, we've got her, but we've only got her for an hour and a half, guys. So can we just knock out some shit in an office in Tulsa? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Selma Blair, because this is, this is the height of Selma Blair's sort of initial prominence. I was having a little look. This was out in 2002. So we're talking three years after Cruel Intentions. And one year after, um, what's it called? Legally Blonde. Yeah. So, like, we're, we're peak Blair here. Selma, not Tony. Actually, we're peak Tony Blair we're, as well. We're also, aren't we? yeah, we're well yeah. in the thick of Tony there. 2002, the era of the Blairs. <laughs> and hang on, hang on. Let's, let's crown it off. When was Blair Witch Project? Now it's earlier. 1999? No, still sort of same era, yeah, isn't it? A little bit early. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. The late 90s, early 2000s. Big on Blairs. Good for the Blairs. Yeah. There you go. Well, if you've not learned anything else from us ever, you still haven't, but you've <laughs> linked three vague things called Blair together in the same time period. Uh, we've said this all the way through. We've said this right back in the days when we had guests on, and occasionally our guests, <laughs> Will Manning, would choose an absolute stinker, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. And rather than hold that against them, it's good to know that by the time we get to, I don't know, in about two or three or four years' time, if we don't get some of the stinkers out of the way, we're just going to have yeah, well, last, really shit end. Last sort of eighty episodes of this are just going to be stinkers, yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. we can't have that, can we? I don't um, think this is a stinker. No, and that is that is that is absolutely fair. Actually, it's not as much of a stinker as you'd think from the clip show. This is probably the best clip show, is it? Yes, yeah, so, well, it's quite a low bar, but yes, yes. Well, there you go. Shall I read you a synopsis? Go on then. Why did I say it so weirdly? God, what is wrong with me? Honestly, I think I've got sort of chicken delirium. <laughs> Season 9, episode 10, the one with Christmas in Tulsa. Uh, Chandler, stuck in Tulsa on Christmas Eve, is alarmed when female co-worker Wendy, 
brackets, Selma Blair, comma, the second prettiest girl in Oklahoma, close brackets, makes a pass at him. Having had enough, he quits his job and makes it home to Monica and his friends in time for Christmas. The story serves as a framing device for the fifth of Friends' six clip shows. I will say it's very... um... It's very heartless of Chandler's employer not to find any better arrangement for Christmas than this, isn't it? And New Year as well. Yeah, it's it's, and it becomes very apparent very quickly that the work clearly not that crucial because Chandler was like, do you know what, sack it off. It's not, you know, it had the feeling of kind of this work must get done, otherwise the company will explode. You know, that's well, he sort of ends up willing to throw himself under the bus, doesn't he? Because he quits anyway. Yeah, but is he going to do all the work of those like what ten people? Or is he just literally quit on the spot and not coming back? Yeah, well, that company's absolutely going to go bust based on the fact that he sent everyone home and then quit himself. Well, for such a heartless corporation, their office is very well decorated for Christmas. Yes, it has the vibe of a nice... I wonder if, you know, I'm trying to work out how the building works. It's clearly some sort of shared office because there's the the sort of ham fanatic insurance company downstairs, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, which we... <laughs> I mean, that's odd in itself, isn't it? We'll get onto that in a minute. But, um, yeah, it's clearly like a shared building, so maybe the building have done the Christmas decorations, eh? Maybe. But, um, but yeah, it, you're, you're quite right to sort of say to Chandler, you've got to go to Tulsa. It's a five-hour flight. I did. I had a look up. Five-hour flight. You're going to be there Christmas and New Year's Eve, and you'll be back on New Year's Day. What's that pressing that you've got to be that far away from home, huh? Yeah, some strange deadlines there. What I would say, though, is Chandler doesn't get to spend Christmas with his loved ones. It cannot relate to that of late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Who would have point. thought such a uh, such a relatable episode would have cropped up? I will say that working New Year's Eve isn't that unheard of, particularly if you're working well before midnight. There's no suggestion that they're going to have to work literally at midnight on New Year's Eve, is there? No, I think, and, and with the Christmas thing as well, to be fair, loads of people work on Christmas Eve, don't they? It's, that's That's not unheard of in itself it's more the fact that he can't physically then get back i guess for christmas day because if it's a five-hour flight it's going to be a big old drive if you wanted to drive it i once worked in hmv on christmas eve and what do you get people if you can't think of anything else to get them and it's christmas eve something from something from hmv yeah cd or a dvd or hell yeah a poster or some anything from hmv basically isn't it it was pure hell. God, I can imagine. I used to do that. That's why I used to do all my shopping on Christmas Eve and back in the good times. Yeah. And um, yeah, HMV People was... like you, Dave. People yeah, like absolutely. You. Look, Pete, all I will say is in defense of me and a lot of my fellow HMV Christmas Eve shoppers, I think <laughs> I'd be quite polite. Have I ever told you about status quo, man? No. So the... <laughs> so there was this... Uh, I worked in quite a small HMV. Right. In a northern town. No, it was Harrogate, actually. Oh. And um, each Sunday, this man would come in and he'd ask to see our full collection of status quo CDs. Right. Like, this like literally happened every week. Yeah. Um, and then one time, one time he came in in a status quo T-shirt with a belt that said status quo, like sort of a plated belt that said status quo on it. Right. And he had a notepad with him. Right. And he opened the notepad, and on the notepad were written two words, <laughs> status quo. Like like he needed some sort of reminder that that's <laughs> what he'd come into town for. And did he ever buy anything? Yes. Like, each week he'd just buy something else from, that had something to do with status quo, hence the T-shirt, although I don't think we sold belts. 
Wow. And and was there any sort of conclusion to this story? Was it Francis Rossi from Status Quo? <laughs> I, just, I just think about Status Quo, man, a lot, Dave. Yeah. I'm not where surprised. Where is he? Well, Has he completed his collection yet? Yeah, where does he go now to find it? I mean, I wonder if the internet's helped him to complete his collection, or, or if he's sort of hindered by the closure of all the HMVs. Mm, maybe. Um, anyway, what a strange... Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. ...diversion. <laughs> so we start, do we not, in uh, in New York. Uh, Chandler's basically breaking... Well, actually, before we can get to that, there's Phoebe reciting the Night Before Christmas poem to Joey and pretending she wrote it, which is... Yeah, that is nice. It's Phoebe has tittle to do in this entire episode. Well, so does Joey, yeah. yeah. But what I was going to say is Phoebe does have two or three very good little bits, doesn't she? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. To be honest, most of them have nothing to do. This entire episode is filmed, I guess, in a day, because half the day would have been just that bit in the apartment and half the bit will have been in the bit in Tulsa. It's two it's two um locations, isn't it? Yeah, bash that out well quickly. Absolutely bosh it out, get some clips to sort of fill in the gaps. I think you're right. I think they had like two thirds of an episode. Because it's only it only breaks for clips twice, right? Yeah. Which is very strange. Very peculiar. Um anyway, Chandler's hasn't even told anyone that um he's got to be away for New Year's Eve. Um they're all very upset about it, but then he's off, just runs off, doesn't he? Um and then yeah, then we're in Tulsa with Selma Blair, a man called I want to say Ken. Ken, is that the y- guy's name? Yes. The top of my head, bloody hell, it's bad. I can't remember that. The sort of slightly sort of nasal voice. Yeah, the sort of slightly needy wants to please one, you know? There's one point where where Chandler suggests that that everyone in the room has been unreasonable because they haven't invited him to spend Christmas Day with them. <laughs> yeah. Which during a pandemic, I think you you might hope to be invited to other people's Christmas, right? Right. But not your colleagues. No, not well, not your boss as well. Like you yeah. might be like, do you know, imagine who? Christmas Day with your boss. Yeah. <laughs> the boss that. Let's be honest, you don't even know that well because he's pretty new. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, it's a strange vibe, that whole sort of Christmas Eve in the office. They're all clearly just pissed off. They're all clearly wanting to go home. Chandler eventually does send them home. Uh, and the only thing that really happens is that Selma Blair goes and not only steals an entire ham, <laughs> but then puts it in a, like a firing box. Yes. Sort of slops it onto the table, doesn't she? Yeah. It's really, really odd. And almost every way the ham sort of storyline isn't it mm. and and we learn that the reason she ends up staying is because she's worried about running into the ham owners yes <laughs> so yes. her victims yeah <laughs> so i'm not entirely sure like it feels like the ham thing has happened to somebody that works on friends at some point and that's why it's there because otherwise it's a bit bizarre i do like that chandler tells uh what's summer boys called? wendy wendy uh, Chandler tells Wendy that his Christmases are very traditional. And then we see a clip of Ross dressed as an armadillo, as if that's like a good example of tradition for them. It's one of those um, strange tropes of a clip show, I guess, where I guess what we're supposed to be imagining is that Chandler is telling Wendy these stories, you know, but yeah, we're seeing them. reminiscing in his head about them. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, is that, maybe it's that, but she sort of then goes, like you say, it was a very traditional Christmas or whatever. So it's like he's been telling her about it. So when she says, what what your Christmas is normally like, we don't see this, but what's really happening in the background is Chandler saying to Wendy, well, my friend Phoebe writes uh, <laughs> songs and sits in a coffee house 
then my friends will come and search for presents because my wife hides them. Uh, and sometimes we get presents from a gas station, including wiper blades and toilet seat covers. And then, of course, there was a time that my friend Ross dressed up as an armadillo. By the way, um, I do really love Phoebe's genuine enthusiasm for toilet seat covers in that yeah, clip. I mean, the, the the great thing about clip shows is no matter how... No, I wouldn't say bad the clip show is, because we discussed this, it's not a stinker. But you still get those little gems of proper yeah, good early yeah, friends, yeah. don't you? Like, oh, do you, remember, do you remember that era? That was good, wasn't it? And there's that bit of uh, them looking for the presents that Monica's bought them as well. Yeah. Like Rachel and Phoebe looking around and Chandler joining. Did you ever, did you ever find your Christmas presents when you were little? No, I don't, I, but I never looked for them either. Did you? I did. Did you? Where were they? Um, parents' wardrobe, top shelf. Found a hamster cage. Hamster in it? Wasn't at the time, because uh, this was like a week before Christmas, so I'm glad the hamster wasn't in it. Oh, I but uh, I did get a hamster for Christmas. What's the sort of logistics of getting a hamster for Christmas? Do you, they buy I don't the, know. So they bought the cage first, and then they nipped Good question, off Christmas Eve and get the hamster, you know? Well, it was Father Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, fine, good, good, good. Um, how long did the hamster live for? Well, this is where the plot thickens, Dave. Yeah. So this is when I lived down south. And um, the hamster was called Rio, named after then Leeds United footballer Rio Ferdinand, but then he left. Sure. Um, but I kept calling the hamster Rio. Um, the hamster died on the day we moved up north. <laughs> oh! He, hang on, he died or he dove? Did he dive in straight to the front of the farm? No, died. Well, <laughs> had been unwell, but then was no longer with us. On, on. I'm not suggesting my parents killed the hamster. No. I, I think it was just fate coinciding so that this He was heartbroken to be leaving. To, uh, where, were exactly. you in, where, where did you live in the south? Somerset. He was heartbroken to be leaving Somerset. Yeah. The home so, of um, hamsters. <laughs> yeah, spiritual so home. Of I think I think he'd lasted like two years. So good yeah, innings, fair play. Yeah, oh. is that good innings for a hamster? Couldn't tell you, mate. Zero knowledge of hamsters at all. Yeah. Um. But yeah, from hamsters back to ham. Uh, we sort of covered the ham topic, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to say the hamster ham thing. No, that's good. Um. And then, yeah, again. So the corporation that Chandler works for is not only like villainous in its sort of regard of making him work away from home at Christmas, but the New York City ballet donation lads. Yes. That why do they get, they get a lot of references, don't they? Because at the end of the episode as well, Chandler gave yeah. gives them donations. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it was in some sort name. of spawn from the New York City ballet? Yes. But I just find it odd that, that what, well, I know that that that's the joke is that yeah. it's a strange place to donate money to yeah and give that as a present donations in someone else's name but um yeah someone in team friends must have really liked the ballet or yeah. something i don't know <laughs> maybe they were struggling at the time you know yeah maybe this whole clip show was just a front for a sort of messaging about the new york city ballet yeah maybe um, but yeah i mean if you were working late and you'd got your christmas you were expecting a christmas bonus um it's, it's pretty weak isn't it it's pretty weak absolutely one. Um, so Chandler eventually sends them all home, but Wendy stays. Of course she bloody does, because she's been booked for a whole special guest appearance. Yeah. Imagine she'd just gone home with the rest of them. <laughs> Episode over, yeah. Yeah. Cheers, Selma. Chandler's in the same room as Wendy, uh, talking about her out loud on the phone, isn't he? Is, and he's yes. sort of implied that she can't really hear him. Well, it is, but then she says, doesn't she, afterwards, fun, sounds like a fun conversation or something like yeah. that. So yeah. she's heard 
the whole thing, like him chatting about Wendy in front of Wendy. Um, and she's already clearly got uh, dubious intentions, Peter. And I can't imagine a phone call would have uh, dissuaded her any. She'll have been like, oh, yeah, something's awry in this marriage. Do you know who she looks like in Friends? The woman that Chloe Ross sleeps with. Yeah. Yes. Why is it with their dark, short-haired characters in Friends who really love adultery? Yes, well, exactly. There's a, bizarrely a ridiculously long post on Reddit about comparing those two incidents by somebody that, I'll be honest, I got halfway through and stopped reading because even I was bored. But the theory was sort of, is this storyline supposed to be making up for Ross's misdemeanours? Is Chandler resisting the sort of short-haired um, temptation, as it were, a sort of retribution for that. I do think Chandler does a very good, comprehensive job of shutting Wendy down. Yeah, oh, he's very, very admirable, isn't it? Like, he's 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 he's, he's barely flattered. Is he is flattered, but he's like, he gets over that very quickly, you know? Like, he's not even tempted, is he? He, he just no. immediately goes to, well, my wife's amazing, so no. Yeah, which, like, lovely that they've got such a nice relationship. What I would say is that he's just come back off the back of a phone call where Monica has been acting, I'd say, poorly for a couple that are supposed to, like, to, the level of trust yeah, and loyalty that Chandler she? is demonstrating, he yeah. does not deserve the way that Monica's basically gone, you work with a woman? What <laughs> What is fucking wrong with you? How dare you speak to any women? I do think there's that one nice montage in this as well where it's sort of, tracks Chandler and Monica's relationship, doesn't it? And that's quite... It, it's a nice little reminder of why they're such a good match, I think. Yes, 100%, 100%. And like you say, there is... It's clearly a solid relationship, and, and, and that's what this message is getting across, how solid it is. But Monica is, like, she... Again, I think it was... Was it only last week we were having a sort of... Yeah, it was, wasn't it? With, with, um, with the wedding money and all of that. And Monica being a bit of a dick. You know, not, not really... Which is in this episode. Uh, which is in this episode, yeah, as a clip flashback, absolutely. But she's... It was for The message they're supposed to be getting across is that they're so, in, they're so in love, nothing could get between them. She really is quite quickly paranoid and jealous, isn't she? Yeah. Um, and, and like we say, with no no real evidence at all, and, and based on the way Chandler's behaving, very much nothing to worry about for old Mon, is there? Yeah, because this all comes about when, as a group, they ring Chandler to say... Merry Christmas, don't they? Yes. Um, I love the noises that Phoebe makes while they're on the phone. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Because that, that's a really weird joke. Yeah, yeah. But it's a really funny recurring... Well, it happens twice, isn't it? It's really funny. It, yeah, like you say, it comes back later when there's a sort of that... The mood has been dampened as well, but Phoebe's yeah. still doing it, but sort of less enthusiastically. Yeah, you're right. It's a fucking mad joke, but it's just, it's entirely plausible that Phoebe would do that, isn't it? Yeah, I do like it. I do that quite often, actually. If there's, if, if big groups of people are going, bye, see you later or something, my, my instinct is still to do that. Yeah, well, she's just doing an exaggerated version of just being like, bye, 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 bye. bye, bye. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, it is, I say it's one of the bits from this episode that's really, that's really stuck in my mind all these years. I will say that when they're all, uh, looking out the window and having a bit of a moment for Christmas and it's snowing. Yeah. And I think it's Rachel says, oh, wow, it's so beautiful. Off the back of a nightmare week where I live for snow, let me say, Snow is not beautiful. Snow is fucking shit. Oh, did you have to abandon your car or something? Oh my God. Yeah, so it's probably like the worst conditions I've ever driven in. 
What can I just say before we start this? When I said at the start of the episode, how's your week been? And you were like, oh, nothing. And I didn't mention abandoning my car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, you've mentioned like two or three things that are quite significant that have happened. And now, yeah, you have to abandon your car in the snow. Go on. So uh, I live at the top of a hill. And, That's um, your first mistake. Well, quite. In this very specific context. <laughs> I, was, I was on my way home from work at a point where the snowfall was at its worst and... There was already a lot on the old, on the road, like too soon for anyone to have gritted and stuff. Uh, and then my car wouldn't go up the hill, oh, no. which is bad enough in itself. But then I put my handbrake on and my car still slid backwards down the hill with my handbrake on. Oh my fucking God, that's terrifying. Yes, with a with vehicles behind me. And oh mine wasn't the only one doing it. So it was like a, like a like dominoes or toppling backwards what was happening then how did you did you have did it slide with the brake on as well with the foot brake yeah and then i managed to because i like overdid my i was really revving lots that managed to sort of dig my wheels down a bit and the handbrake holy shit but um and i'm working very early hours at the moment meaning the next day uh because my car still couldn't move um I had to walk to work at three in the morning, so that was, that oh, was really good. Oh, that is that is sad for you. Yeah, that is sad. Yeah, for all right. Well, look, I think we can all agree that snow is a dick. Snow is shite. Snow is shite. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hopefully none of those adverts were for sort of <laughs> snowy getaways or winter or HMV. scarves or HMV or status, <laughs> the new Status Quo album. Bloody hell. A lot been going on. Or, or indeed, fried chicken, because I've had too much chicken. That's true. Um, where, Peter, were we? Great question. Oh, yeah. So Wendy's cracking onto Chandler, isn't she? She's very forthright, isn't she? She's 
It's a strange one to watch because it all seems very harmless in the end because Chandler's like, no, 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 no. But she's really determined to basically break up his marriage, isn't she? She's like, no, come on. It sounds like your marriage is absolute dog shit. That well, phone and call was ignore her own. Yes. Well, I mean, I think we can just put to bed that that's probably not the best relationship that's knocking about in the world, is it? No, poor, uh, poor Mr. Blair. Poor Tony. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Tony's just waiting at home for her to come home. She hasn't come home even after her boss has sent her home. So she's determined. And what are they going to do? Sort of like bang on the ham. <laughs> like even the table's covered in ham juice. You know it's... that thing that Tag and Rachel do where they clear the desk? Yeah. Do you think they'll do that but with the ham? With the ham! <laughs> Actually, one of the things I'm fascinated with, when I was I googled one with Christmas in Tulsa earlier to just do my bits of research and... A link popped up that I haven't actually clicked through on, but I suggest we all do, me, you, and everyone listening over the next few days, because it came up quite near the top. The one with Christmas in Tulsa, fan fiction. Right. Now, I don't know how much you know about fan fiction, Pete. Uh, Well, I know it can take quite a dark turn. Exactly, and I'm wondering if what this is, is if I had to hypothesise, having not clicked on it, I wonder if it's a sort of uh, what might have happened with Chandler and Selma Blair, you know? And the ham, oh, no. and the ham table. Oh, no, I don't like dwelling on that. No. Well, I think we're all going to... It'd be interesting to see, actually. Get in touch with us if you were tempted to <laughs> click on that link, having heard us discuss it, because that'll really split our audience up into two, won't it? The people that have had Pete's sort of reaction of like, oh, no, absolutely not, not for me. And those of you that are avidly lapping up the potential Matthew Perry, Selma Blair, banging on some ham. (laughs) 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 Oh, dearie me. Um, But, I mean, it's it's a short synopsis, really, isn't it? In the sense that Selma Blair's up for it, Chandler's not, and he's continuing... Is that it for her? Is she gone now? That's it, one episode, mate. Quick in and out for old Selma. Oh, that's bad phrasing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is what she was after, no. Um, By the way, bold move to quit a job without warning your wife, isn't it? Oh, yes, a lot going on there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's... It, it works out well, but I think even Monica would wake up the next day and go, okay, was the surprise of that one day when he came home a bit earlier than I thought worth us not having half the money we yeah. have had in our lives? Um, yeah, because he does, yeah, quits it without sort of just checking with anyone, flies home. Nothing more, no income for old Chandler Bing, is there? All works out in the end from though, doesn't it, with his new job? All fine, yeah. and it's, And then he can become sort of complete the it was kind of a nice moment right at the start of this episode where Chandler says oh who likes their job and the rest of them all go yeah bloody actually really yeah, like it. my job um and Ross says I can't get enough dinosaurs yeah that is good <laughs> but it's it's nice that they all sort of fall into these professions that they actually really enjoy and Chandler ends up being the same doesn't he when he finds his true calling after his uh, little roller skates job advert absolutely jumping over the old guy um, and then the f- the episode ends, doesn't it, with them um, opening presents on what we're still led to believe is Christmas Eve. Um, yeah, Rachel's opening presents and, you know, that bit where they're sort of talking about her exchanging it. Yeah. Why are they opening presents on Christmas Eve, mate? That's my question. Um, the only justification of that would be if they weren't seeing each other on Christmas Day. But let's be honest. They spend every day together. Exactly. exactly. They don't see their fat parents ever. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, and then Monica's still banging on about how her husband is probably having sex on a photocopier in Tulsa. Jesus, man. Chill out. Trust the boy. And then he comes. And he comes. Into the apartment. Quit. (laughs) Did you get that fan fiction up in the end? (laughs) I'm reading it. That's a line from it. (laughs) Reading it out loud. I'm quoting Uh, it. (laughs) And then, then, yeah, and then uh, he comes in with his gifts for the New York City Ballet. That's it. That's the final Friends Christmas episode that there ever was. Done. Hey, Dave, do you want a quiz? Do I want a quiz? Let me play a sting and think about it. Yes. <laughs> so very kindly, uh, wonderful listener Amy has has done this quiz about this episode. Um, I have her... her her slideshow open and ready to go, Dave. So Amy did a quiz for us a couple of weeks ago, didn't she? Um, and has sort of uh, volunteered now to take up the role of official Friends with Friends quizzer. Yes. I feel like it needs a grander title than that. Quizmaster. Quiz wizard. Quizard. The quizzed. The fwoof quizzed. Mm, need some work. We can do better than this, guys. Um, um, please nominate names for Amy's uh, official title. Okay, there's a there's a quiz, and I haven't seen it yet. Have you have you have you read it? Because last time Amy did a very good job of sort of making sure we can't cheat, basically by putting. Oh no, I haven't. I haven't seen answers. Empty slides and all of that, you know. No, I haven't seen answers. We're good to go. Okay. Question one: Who is having the Christmas party, which Wendy steals the ham from? For a bonus, what floor? They are on Peter the third floor. I can tell you that for free. Is that right? Uh, Yes, that is right. And I think it's. I think that we only know that this is an insurance company of some sort, right? That is also correct. Question two: What two drinks does Ross receive as a Christmas present? Uh, generic cola drink and a lemon lime. What does Chandler as Santa think Ross is dressed as when he's the holiday armadillo? Uh, uh, weird something, isn't weird it? Weird turtle man. Weird turtle man is correct. Three out Before. Three. What is Wendy's job title? Oh, she is... Now, I remember this because it seems too grand for Wendy. Who's Isn't just, she some sort of VP? I think she's the regional vice president of the Oklahoma branch or something like that. Uh, regional vice president. It just felt like the woman that's just going around trying to bang everyone. <laughs> Isn't it, She's got a job of much more responsibility than we were led to believe initially. Yeah. Um... And finally, name two of the three job positions that Chandler reads in the newspaper ads. Well, one of them's a topless dancer, isn't it? Yes, one of them's actuary. What's what's that? Yeah, well, it's, it's one of those words that's always been one of those words. I'm like, I think I sort of know what it is. It's something to do with, like, maths and numbers and Let that, Let me Google it? it. A person who compiles and analyzes statistics and uses them to calculate insurance risks and premiums. <sighs> Ooh, sounds fun. Um, <laughs> Shout out to any actuaries listening. I mean, we've already got two of the three, so we get the point. Uh, okay, is that the rule? The third. Well, yes, she said name two of the three. Oh, great, yeah. perfect. What's the third one? Um, bookkeeper. Five out of five. Good, I enjoyed that. What What do we do now? I think we end the pot. No, no, you tell us what. No, next no, week. we've got something exciting to tell people. Yes, we do, actually. Oh, actually, wait. We can do a better link than that, Pete, because what, what have we just finished doing? A quiz. A quiz. 
and, and on the subject of of quizzes, yes, we're doing another quiz. <laughs> we're doing a quiz. Yeah, 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 yeah. There it is. Boom. Uh, we promised you a lockdown quiz, didn't we? One of our uh, Friday night Instagram live extravaganzas. I might have overused the word extravaganza there. But um, I'm excited. I'm excited to do another quiz. Quite a lot of people have been asking about them as well, Pete. That's what I would say. Well, it's in demand. Uh, so we're doing it on Friday the 29th of January at 8pm on Instagram, which yeah. is good time to follow us on Instagram. And on Instagram, we are FWF Pod. FWF Pod. Um, and so if you follow us, we'll meet you on Instagram Live. Yes, if you haven't done one of our quizzes before, it's we, we, we have a nice time. I'd say I spend more time, and as I imagine you do, Pete, writing and making this quiz than I do doing most of my actual work in a week. It, yeah, well, we're, we're very committed to the quiz. Yeah, so it, it takes, takes priority time. and a lot of time. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's fun. We have a nice time and... Uh, We'll just have. I mean, in in this era of everybody sitting at home on their own, quite a lot. Nice to just see other humans, isn't it? And, and interact Absolutely. with them. Um. So yeah, uh, follow us on Instagram FWF Pod, and there'll be loads of reminders about the quiz on there. Lovely. And next week's episode for those that want to do their homework. Um. I know what it is, Pete. Could you tell me? So earlier? do I. It's requested by two people. One of whom is called Kieran. Kieran. And one of whom is called Lauren. Lauren. Uh, who is I don't from know why I've just repeated the name. The back row crew from the live ah, shows. Ah, the back row crew. Um, if you came to uh, probably our last live show in real life, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, the King's uh, the London Podcast Festival. Yeah, the back row crew who knew all the answers to the quiz. But wasn't the back row crew just Lauren and her partner? No, there's a few of them. I'm sure. Oh, was there? Yeah. I thought by crew it was actually just two people. Maybe it was more. The back row two. The back row two. <laughs> uh, and what's the app? Oh, yes. Uh, the one where Ross got high. The one where Ross got high. That is yours to watch. That episode, Dave, yep. uh, includes Rachel's trifle. The trifle! And references to Jacques Cousteau. Classic episode. Classic. Uh, that's your homework. There'll be a quiz in the last Friday of January. All in all, goodbye. Goodbye, Dave. <laughs>